Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is NBA Today, hosted by Malika Andrews, live from Los Angeles. Hey there, welcome to NBA Today, your new home for the NBA on ESPN. We will have all the latest news, interviews, and analysis on your favorite teams, and we will be with you weekdays from 3 to 4 Eastern, live from Los Angeles, where we will have basketball right over here in Staples Center tonight. But before that, we have breaking news out of Philadelphia. Ben Simmons suspended by the Sixers and strong words from Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid. And we go inside the superstar showdowns on opening night of the NBA season. KD versus Giannis and Steph versus LeBron in Los Angeles. Plus, Adam Silver joins the show live. How will the league handle Kyrie's vaccination status moving forward? NBA Today starts right now. Here inside our NBA Today studio, and we have breaking news. So who better to join us than senior NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski. Woj, Ben Simmons suspended for one game. Walk us through what happened this morning. Malika, early in the 76ers practice this morning, I'm told, uh, Ben Simmons was told to sub into a drill by Doc Rivers. He told him he didn't want to do it. He was told a couple more times to sub in. He said no, and so Doc Rivers said, well, then get out. Threw him out of practice. The team suspended Ben Simmons for the team's opener tomorrow night. And this has been building for several days. I mean, really since Ben Simmons returned to Philadelphia, uh, his engagement, I think both physically and mentally, uh, has left a lot to be desired. And he has not shown that he was a player necessarily ramping up to start playing in games. And today, Philadelphia decided to throw him simply out of practice, suspend him, and that's where we are on the eve of opening night for the Sixers. All right, well, so you mentioned it. Doc Rivers threw Simmons out of practice, and Rivers and Joel Embiid addressed the media afterwards. Here is what Doc has had to say on if he thought Ben Simmons wanted to be at practice at all today. Well, today, not, obviously. We told him to go home. Uh, but uh, hopefully at some point, yeah, I do. At this point, I don't care about that man, honestly. He does whatever he wants. Uh, you know, that's not my job. Uh, you know, that's those guys' jobs. Uh, you know, I'm only focused on trying to make the team better. Uh, my job as a coach is to keep trying uh, to get guys to buy in, to be in. Um, and unfortunately, this is tougher, this situation. But that's my job. And so I'm not going to stop my job. But at the end of the day, our job is not to babysit somebody. Uh, you know, we here, we get paid to produce on the court, go out, um, play hard, uh, win some games. Uh, that's all we get paid for. We don't get paid to come out here and, you know, try to babysit somebody. And uh, So that's that's not our job, and I'm sure my teammates feel that way. Uh, so we, we really focus on just, you know, winning and 
you know, playing as a team. Um, the main thing for us is to have fun, and I think we're going to have that a lot this year. One thing I know about players, our players will welcome anyone back in that wants to be in. I also know that players will not welcome anyone that doesn't want to be in. And so when that time comes, I guarantee you it won't be a hard thing to do. All right, Adrian, so where do the Sixers and Ben Simmons go from here? I mean, Malika, clearly Ben Simmons continues to try to push Philadelphia to find a trade for him. And right now the Sixers, listen, they're what they've been after all along in this process was a star player back that they could plug in next to Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris. They have not found that deal yet. And the Sixers are willing to go the distance here on this. And the one thing that they insist they're not going to do is trade Ben Simmons for role players. And so right now, the problem for Ben Simmons, if he wants to get paid, if he wants to earn uh, on his $33 million this season, uh, he's going to have to engage. I'm told that Philadelphia uh, has fined him for all four of the preseason games that he's missed. That's $1.4 million this season. Uh, obviously, tomorrow night, he's suspended. It's a lower number than the 360000 that it costs him for each missed game. And he has been fined, I'm told, numerous times. Missed practices, missed meetings. And so that number continues to escalate. So Ben Simmons can stay. And if he doesn't engage, the team's going to probably continue to fine him. And it may not be getting him closer to a trade. There's still interest in Ben Simmons around the league. Right. Other teams know that this is part of an act. This is part of, of a process that Ben Simmons is going through to try to accelerate a trade. And you've got two sides here in Philadelphia and Ben Simmons. We're going to see which when is the other side going to give in. Well, and this is still a process that is ongoing, maybe a different process than Philadelphia <laughs> has been involved in in years past. Thank you so much, Woj. We know there's going to be more coming out of this story. So let's dig a little bit deeper. Ben Simmons, he's been suspended for one game opening night against the New Orleans Pelicans. Now joined by Richard Jefferson, Zach Lowe, and Kendrick Perkins. So let's get up to the desk and dive right in. Kendrick, we're going to start with you. Simmons suspended one game. What's your reaction to that? I mean, look, Doc Rivers walked into today ready for the action. And it started from yesterday. If people think Doc Rivers didn't realize what Ben Simmons was doing yesterday, having a cell phone in his pocket, being lazy, just going through the motions when they had him on the floor, people are crazy. And Doc Rivers, I know Doc, he walked in and he set him up. He walked in and he saw that Ben wasn't engaged, and so he called him in to get into a drill. And Ben declined. He called him again to get into a drill. And Doc was ready to throw him out. He lucky Doc Rivers didn't put them paws on him because I saw him almost put them hands on Rondo one time. So what do you mean when he said set him up? Okay, we'll get into that later. What's up? <laughs> set him up. Set well, him well up. what I'm saying was he, he he walked into practice saying, you know what, let me see what his body language is like today. Because he let it ride yesterday. And so today he just wasn't happy. And part of what you're referring to, right, is yesterday we see this footage of what, maybe it was a cell phone in his pocket or something else going on. So, so Zach, you heard Joel Embiid, we just heard him say that he wasn't here to babysit anybody. So what impact will Simmons have on Joel Embiid here? I think Joel Embiid's done with it. I think he's been done with it, and I think he told us today, I'm really done with it. I mean, you got to give Joel Embiid some credit. His trash talk during all this has been borderline Shakespearean. He didn't get enough credit for when he said that line about when someone asked him, what do you want to see from Ben Simmons this season? He said, well, I'm sure you guys have all seen the videos on Instagram. We'd love to see some of that. So I think I think this is, I mean, he, he said not the, forget the babysitting thing. 
He said he hasn't had a conversation with Ben Simmons since Ben Simmons returned to the team. That's like four days ago. The two best players on the team haven't talked? Yeah. That is a huge deal. Mm. It's just a joke at this point in time. And I'm not talking about just Ben Simmons. There's a level of unprofessionalism that is being shown with Ben Simmons. But there's two sides to every story. There's two sides to every story. And then there's also the truth. And the truth is, both sides are wrong here. He doesn't want to be there. There was some trash talking going on inside the organization for, uh, against him when, when the season ended. And I'm not saying that Ben needs to step up. But he doesn't want to be there. And what did he show all summer long? He didn't want to be there. What did he show when he showed up? He didn't want to be there. At some point in time, it is not his job to raise his value so you're going to trade, so you can trade him. That's just the truth. Yeah, but it's his job to show up to Agreed. work and do his job. Agreed. That's why he's getting paid hundreds of millions of dollars not, not over the next five years. Not and here's current. my thing, right? At the end of the day, look. He is hurting the younger generation. Agreed. He's hurting the younger generation. You had guys like, you know, Kobe and Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, guys before us. I was telling y'all behind backstage that I was born 10 years too early <laughs> because now guys are getting 200 million and it's on these guys now to make sure that they do their role so the next generation could get paid. So let's, let's dive into that, Zach. I, I'm curious about the numbers here and what you see this playing out a little bit longer term. Well, let's let's you you called it trash talking, RJ. What they did to him after Game Seven. Yeah. Let's let's review that. Doc Rivers was asking Ben Simmons to be a championship level point guard right now. He said, "I don't know." That's a true, honest response. Fair. Joel Embiid said, "I think the game turned when we had a dunk and we got one free throw." True. Honest response. Joel Embiid later said, we turned over the entire franchise, including letting Jimmy Butler walk to accommodate Ben Simmons. True, honest response. None of that stuff is false. Let him finish. Let him finish. No, you're you're an ex-player. You're an ex-player. I've been pro-player empowerment. I don't mind trade demands at all. You know what trade demands do? All they do is even the balance of power between teams and players. Because you guys know teams can trade you at the drop of a hat. Trade requests, totally fine. But you know what? You could be disgruntled. You have a trade request. You have an obligation to play hard in practice and in games. Right. And that's not me just making up some, oh, the spirit Agreed. of competition. It's in the collective Tell bargaining the CBA, agreement. Zach, you have to going. render good Tell play. Tell him about the CBA. You have to give his best, for Kendrick over you have to give his best services as well as his loyalty and all this. It's a little bit vague and you can bet the owners are going to fight for more specific language and harsher penalties for this because I don't, I, again, I have no problem with the trade quest, no problem with anything. You are obligated to show up and play hard. You good? You good? No, I'm just no, listening to no, Zach no, Olsen. Like you're just saying no, you're no, waiting no, to weigh no, in no, with your preaching. No, the last thing I'm going to say, I and we are all in agreements that Ben Simmons is not handling himself like a professional. They tried to trade him all summer, correct? Correct. Every, yeah, they, James got, Harden, yeah, they, they tried to trade him all summer, and they got absolutely nothing. Now, if you're a player and you want to show up, after that, after they're trying to get trade, I'm not saying Ben Simmons isn't wrong here. What I'm saying is that look, the value is what the value is for Ben Simmons sure. right now. So yeah, you but want they, him to come and win 50 games, and then you're going to trade him. So you want me to put more? Yeah. Your best Kendrick is moving the whole table right now. Yeah, but, but the but, thing about it is, what uh, the Sixers are trying to get back, right, Kendrick, isn't necessarily these rebuilding parts. And that's usually when you're looking at a player you of get. Ben Simmons caliber, trading him. That's what you're going to get. Go ahead. Yeah, but why? Why they have to be responsible for cleaning up his mess on his? on him not being productive on the floor. That's not right. Like, he has four years left on this deal. Why would I give up an all-NBA caliber player 
for some for, and get back some pieces for some role players. That doesn't make sense. So it sounds like what you're saying is clean up on aisle sixers. And what Zach's point, we will be asking Adam Silver about that when he joins I the show wait. a little bit later. So coming up on NBA Today, it is opening night. We have actual basketball and the stars are out in the West. Steph and Draymond battle LeBron, AD, and Westbrook. Who will win the showdown? And it was the summer of Giannis. His quest to go back-to-back starts tonight against Kevin Durant and James Harden. Plus, as I mentioned, NBA Commissioner Adam Silver joins us live. We'll get his thoughts on the Simmons suspension, Kyrie, and much more. Don't go anywhere. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Just uh, motivated to have an opportunity to win a championship. It's one of the greatest killings that you've had. Dodgy pulls up, three-pointer, bang! Curry, I just hit two hours, we look the same now. The way that me and Lil' Bro drip on both, we like the Splash Brothers. That way we may have a million piece, now we need cash, bro. Shanky like the Joker, like Ho Yoke's got the blizzard. And then I call my Draco Katie, cause it really shoot a good percentage. Watch some word that coming out your mouth, we'll put you in the lead. Feel like Harden with it, compact fire, got a clear release. Certified shooter, like on Luka, fire cell on Ruger. I'ma pull up on her with it, rocket, I feel like a king. I'm just trying to win the championship. The Lakers and the Warriors had somewhat similar seasons last year. LA won three more games and finished first in defensive efficiency, but neither team made the top six in the West. So they faced each other in that epic play-in game that the Lakers won by three. Here is a look at the all-access Warriors practice. Take a listen. We have a lot of opportunity to do something that honestly hasn't been done. Meshing, you know, a core that's been together for almost a decade. Alongside some young guys who have so much potential but a lot to learn. We have a great group. I have a really good feeling about this team. We got Steph and Draymond still playing at a really high level. We're going to get Clay back. High close, Dre! High close, Dre! I'm excited about this team. Be with us! A lot of fresh new energy. You're right. I am with y'all. I know. I said that. But also a lot of guys healthy. Two for a dollar. Wow! I'm just excited to be back on the court, running up and down, jumping, cutting, all the little things you took for granted. To spend 10 years with those two guys, seven of those 10 now with Andre, that's special. You know, you don't see that often in this league, and that's something I don't take for granted. We built something that people will remember forever. I learned a lot from the time away, being able to interact with the young guys. That's always something I take on my shoulders. So those things just naturally happen, and I'm really looking forward to those things. We're all so unique in our own ways. I would not be the player I am without those guys. I think we changed the way the game was played. 19! Go! 
I've had some hard times, obviously, the last couple years, but when we're healthy and we're able, I believe we're the best team in the world. I'm now joined by our Warriors reporter, Nick Friedel, hey. and our senior writer, Ramona Shelburne. And we just heard a lot of optimism, Nick, coming from the Warriors about their core, but there's still also a lot of question marks. So what are the Warriors' expectations of themselves, Nick, this season? I just asked Raymond that over at Staples, a shooter on Malika, and you know what he said? Mm. We have the pieces in place, but it's going to take a long time to make those pieces work this season. Interesting. He wasn't saying we can't win a title, but he says we're a long way off and this team has to grow together. Absolutely. And so speaking of expectations, Ramona, LeBron has battled injuries in his last two of his last three seasons. Mm -hmm. How do you expect him to approach this 19th, 19th year in the league? Same way he always does. He's going to play 34 to 36 minutes tonight. And it's amazing because he missed 27 games with that ankle injury last year. Right. And he said yesterday, essentially, he took two months after the season without touching a basketball. So I still conditioned, I still stayed in shape, but that's the longest that he has gone without touching a basketball probably his entire career, but he had to take that time to get the ankle right because it wasn't healing the way he wanted it to. He wasn't progressing, and so he just had to take a step back. He said, the good news is I had time last summer. Yeah, that's interesting. And this is going to be a fun game. I'm excited to watch. Thank you both so very much. So as a reminder, Clay Thompson is expected to be back for the Warriors sometime this winter. They brought back former Finals MVP Andre Iguodala and the Lakers. They just picked up Avery Bradley. They're also without Taylor Horton Tucker and Trevor Ariza to start the season. And so let's set the scene. Now that that scene is set a little bit, let's talk about opening night. Getting back up in this chair. Perk, what do you expect from the Lakers and their revamped roster as they face the Warriors? Um, they're going to struggle. I think, you know, when you look at them throughout the preseason, I thought that they took it for granted. And sometimes, you know, in preseason, you could use that to develop chemistry. And I know Frank Vogel is trying to figure certain lineups and see what works and don't work. I mean, obviously, Braun, Russ, and AD trying to squeeze in Carmelo. But I think they're going to struggle a little bit tonight. You know, if you watch the Warriors in the preseason, they were kind of clicking on all cylinders, moving, cutting without the ball. And I believe they went undefeated. So, you know, with the Lakers, I think they might struggle a little bit Jordan tonight. Poole looked, looked pretty good. Zach, how do you expect the Warriors to defend the Lakers tonight? we got some great matchups in this game. Draymond Green on AD and how much they guard each other depends on a topic Perk and I are going to argue about all year. How much center <laughs> AD plays, how much they're lined up against each other. And then the rust, the rust question is the most important question of the season. I'll tell you this, when Russ doesn't have the ball, the Warriors are going to ignore him. And what is he going to do to punish them? Is he going to set screens for LeBron? What is he going to do? Because they're not going to guard They're going to treat him like Tony Allen, basically, like they did back in the day. And just one last thing. Can I get a glimpse of Andre Iguodala guarding LeBron James? Because that should be on the Sistine <laughs> Chapel of the NBA. You lived it. You yeah. watched it up close. It's one of the greatest one-on-one -on -one matchups ever. So, yeah. Richard, what's your biggest question mark heading into tonight? Well, I, I think it's the longevity of the season. I think we look at opening night, and you don't know who's going to win. You don't know this. Ultimately, the Lakers are going to be judged by how they play in the postseason. Now, they want to make sure that they're, the West is stacked. You don't want to end up getting be, being one of those lower seeds and having to go on the road and play against the Phoenix Suns. You want to put yourself to be in the top three so you have home court throughout most of the postseason. But ultimately, I think with the Lakers, it's going to be Russ. It's going to be their health and losing THT early on. Yep. So that means those early minutes are going to go to veterans, which can hurt you on the back end because they had to play more minutes at the, at the beginning. Absolutely. This is going to be fun. It's, yeah. it's just opening night. I'm going to be there. Zach's going to be there. We know Richard doesn't go to games that he is not on the call for. 
four. So yeah, so I'll be in Phoenix. Tomorrow. It'll be in Phoenix. We'll see you over so in Phoenix. Coming up though on NBA Today, we go live to Philadelphia for reaction from the city of the not so brotherly love. Yeah. The aftermath to the Sixers' decision to suspend Ben Simmons. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. My name is uh, Jansen Tukumbo. Doesn't matter where you start at. I want to be NBA player. It only matters where your heart's at. I'm going to do whatever it takes to help my team win, and I'm going to win the MVP. Make the impossible doable. I just want you to know you could be far from the usual. Anything you want, you can get it. Chasing dreams like you really can't lose. Did it. Don't let nobody tell you what you can be and what you cannot do. So follow your dream. It's hard to believe it's been 91 days since Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Milwaukee Bucks won the team's first title in almost 50 years. But boy, Giannis has been busy in the three-ish months since we last saw him. From Cream City to the Acropolis, this is the Summer of Giannis. The confetti cascaded down from the rafters. A few tears fell. The crowd roared. Giannis Attentacumpo roared back. The Milwaukee Bucks had won their first title in nearly 50 years behind Giannis's 50-piece. And he had a 50-piece to celebrate. Can I have a 50-piece? Not 51, none, 49. Chicken minis, yes. But soon after, well, the quest to do it again starts now after a whirlwind of a summer for the Greek freak. Just days after popping champagne and parading along the Milwaukee River, Giannis brought his new hardware home to Greece. He ambled through the Acropolis, paying a visit to the Parthenon, a conquering hero lauded for his Herculean achievement. He crisscrossed back over the Atlantic, stopping in Las Vegas, where his focus returned to family as it always does. It was time for another Attentacumpo, his younger brother Alex, to be crowned a champion at Summer League. The Attentacumpo family grew over the summer too. Giannis and his partner Mariah welcomed their second bouncing bundle of baby boy joy into the world. But wait, there's more. Where some may reward themselves for a job well done with a fancy new watch or a speedy sports car, Giannis bought into the Milwaukee Brewers ownership group. Man, this is unbelievable. This is a dream come true for a kid from Sepolia, Athens, Greece. I could never imagine I'm going to be in this position. While Giannis kept himself busy, he told a Greek publication that the first time he had a tough practice all summer was in late September. He was letting his body recover from the knee injury that nearly dashed his title dreams. Now he finds himself back in Milwaukee as the defending champ. 
but the constantly competitive two-time MVP probably won't want you to call him that. That's just who he is. Let him see if he can go win it again. Giannis and the Bucks will try to join some elite company this season. Since Michael Jordan's Bulls, only four teams have been able to repeat as champions. The Lakers twice with Kobe and Shaq, and then Kobe and Powell. Then the Heatles with LeBron, D-Wade, and Bosh. I'm not sure if I'm ever going to call it the Heatles again. And the Warriors <laughs> with Katie, Jeff, and Clay. So Giannis' attempt to go back-to-back -back starts tonight versus Brooklyn. Zach, what are your expectations from him this season? Here are some names. Magic Johnson, Wilt Chamberlain, Kareem Abdul, Jabbar, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Moses Malone, Bill Russell. Eight names. Those are the eight players who have won three MVPs in NBA history. I think a reasonable expectation for Giannis is make it nine. He's yeah. that good and wow. he can do it. Richard, what's your key to the game tonight? Are you sure you want to hear from me? I think I do. All right, let's go to the board. Oh, boy. <laughs> let's go to the board. Never mind. Hurt. Can you get up here without running out of breath? We got <laughs> oh! That's All right, so look. <sighs> this is my key. As we mentioned, James Harden, and we talked about this on the show, James Harden is going to be my key to this. Why? Because James Harden, without Kyrie Irving, has to focus even more on his, the way he distributes. That is going to be more of an onus because you're missing 25 a night with Kyrie. You're missing a 50-40-90 guy. So that means it is up to James Harden to make sure all of these guys, look at that pass. My God, I never saw that before. You see Jeff Green's gone. But this is going to be important for James Harden. How can he score 25? You know what KD's going to do. You know KD's going to give you his 30. But this is where other guys get to eat, is the way that James Harden can not only do all the work, and even here, you got Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown has played the two through the five for the Nets. You see how he rolls there. So James Harden getting everybody involved, that is the key for the Brooklyn Nets. Perk, what's your keys for the Milwaukee Bucks? I wouldn't say keys, but I'm going to say key. And the key person is Giannis Antetokounmpo, oh, right? Obvious. And that's not selling for jump shots. That's being who he is, a dominant force in the pick and roll. Look at Drew Holiday drawing the double team because he know Clint Capella's in the drop. Nobody's stopping Giannis going to the basket. Mm -hmm. Coming up again, dribble handoff slightly, getting a good screening angle, making Mikael Bridges go over. Giannis rolling to the basket. We know this strong side corner, yeah. he really not supposed to help he can't help nobody can stop Giannis when he's in that mode yeah so it's going to be a great matchup watching these two teams battle it out these two teams are favorite to win the championship so ultimately my idea with Pert I'm glad you got up here without sweat I'm glad you got up here without breathing so hard but I, I really think that James Harden and his ability to get the Nets uh, involved are going to be the key ultimately for the entire net season Malika that's interesting, Richard. You mentioned James Harden, and since we talked about it on the show yesterday, Harden had a decision to make. The midnight, midnight deadline for his extension, it came and went. But before anyone freaks out, Harden can still sign a $270 million, one-plus four-year max deal this upcoming summer to become the NBA's first $60 million man. So that's, that's, that's pretty interesting. But we do have a developing story revolving around Ben Simmons. He will not play for the Sixers tomorrow. The team announced earlier today, earlier on Tuesday, that he has been suspended for one game 
for conduct that is detrimental to the team. So let's recap how we got here exactly. Back in June, Simmons only scored five points in Game 7 of the Eastern Conference Semis and passed up a layup that prompted criticism from Joel Embiid and Coach Doc Rivers. And last month, he did not report to training camp. And on October 1st, the Sixers did not pay the 25% of his salary that was due. So Simmons then reported to training camp last week before today's events. And with more on that, now let's welcome in ESPN NBA reporter Tim Bontemps. Hi, Tim. Thank you so much for being here. Tim, Don't you've hear the been show. embedded. Maybe we might have Tim. Check, check. Hey, Tim, are you there? Hear the show. All right. Well, we're just going to take another moment with Tim, let him get situated Sorry. just a little bit. But I have Ramona Shelburne here. You've been following yep. this all over. What, what more can you tell us? Well, look, Ben Simmons showed up today, obviously, and, and was the last few days that he, since he's reported to Philadelphia, he was not exactly an engaged, active participant. But he went, you know, he did some drills. He went through the motions today. He refused to go through. He refused, refused to go in any of the drills, and I think this is a continuation of a longer theme here, Malika, which is this started last year in Game Seven, but it really started before Game Seven. Interesting. Okay, before Game Seven, Ben Simmons missed shoot around, and he missed shoot around because he had a close contact with a masseuse on the team who had an inconclusive COVID test. Mm. Okay, and. Had he been vaccinated at the time, he would have that would have close contact would not have forced him to sit out of practice or been held out. But at the time, he had to sit out, and a lot of his teammates sort of were looking askance at this, saying, "Did he really see the masseuse in the last couple of days?" Hmm. Okay, um, there were some questions raised about his willingness and eagerness to part, to play in that game seven, because as you know, game five and six were pretty awful for Ben Simmons as well. Right, shot ten shots when he normally averages eleven shots a game. So 10 shots in two games, not wanting to go to the free throw line. Um, and you see what happens at the end where he tries not to dunk. He actively has a, he has a dunk. Trey Young's there. Trey Young's 6'1". Right. Ben Simmons is 6'10". Right. He can dunk the ball, but instead of dunking it, he passes out to Thibault. He hits one out of two free throws. It, it, but it started that morning. It really did with his teammates looking at him saying, did, did you really see the masseuse? Now, right. the masseuse eventually, her results came back. And they were clear. Ben Simmons was clear to play. But that is not the way you want to start a Game 7 when you're already struggling with your confidence. Absolutely. Your teammates are questioning whether you want to be out there. So that was then, and that leads us up to now, to today. So we're going to try again to go to Philadelphia with Tim Bontemps. Hey, Tim, can you hear me now? I can, Malika. Great to be on with you. Great to be with you. No worries about that. But, Tim, you've been embedded with this team for the last few weeks, and you're in Philadelphia right now. What was the reaction after the suspension came down? Well, Malika, like you said, this is a situation that's been building for several months now and really over the past several weeks, uh, ever since Ben Simmons did not show up for the first couple of weeks at camp. And Joel Embiid in particular, I think, spoke for his team with his emotion and frustration with how things went today. Let's take a listen to what he had to say. Like I said, I'm not here to babysit. Uh, you know, I, I'll be willing to babysit if, you know, someone wants to listen. Um, but that's not my job. Uh, that's... Like I said, uh, that's out of my control. Uh, focus on, you know, what's here and, you know, try to win some games. Embiid used that term babysit, Malika, several times during his media session. It was clear he is tired of talking about this Ben Simmons situation. At one point he said, I don't want to talk about that man anymore. He does whatever he wants. And I think that's the thing that you need to remember about this situation where Doc Rivers and Joel Embiid and, their t and his teammates have had to be talking about this Ben Sim Simmons situation this whole time, whereas Ben Simmons has not spoken to the media at all since that Game 7 loss that Ramona talked about. So everything that's happened since then, the trade request, 
the holdout, him coming back this past week, the past couple of days of practice. He has not spoken about any of that. He was supposed to today, and then obviously we know that he didn't. Doc Rivers did not like how he looked at the beginning of practice, chucked him out, and here we stand with him not going to New Orleans, and his future now, uh, once again, looking a little murky. Absolutely, and you're going to be embedded with this team, Tim, for the next several weeks as this continues to play out. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. All right, coming up on NBA Today, Adam Silver joins the show. We will ask the commissioner what he thinks of Ben Simmons being suspended by the Sixers. Stick around for more NBA Today. It's a new show. show. When is it? Not tomorrow. It's right now. Can we turn up a little bit? You know my name. Look young. You heard him. This is NBA Today. Welcome back. And now I am joined by NBA Commissioner Adam Silver. Thank you so much for being here, Commissioner. Thanks for having me, and congratulations on the new show. Well, thank you so much. So I'm just going to dive right in, Commissioner. Ben Simmons, he was suspended for the season opener by the 76ers. What feedback have you been getting from teams and from owners as this trend of star players signing a contract and then deciding to simply not participate or do the bare minimum when they want out? What are you hearing from teams and owners on that? I think it depends on the longevity of the team personnel or owner in the league. I mean, for those who've been at this a long time, as I have, um, this is nothing new, frankly, in the league, unfortunately. I mean, there's storied um, players over many decades who've held out of contracts, um, didn't go to the team that, that, that drafted them, um, held out of training camp, etc. So I, 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 don't, I don't really see it as being sort of the modern day issue many people are um, painting it to be. On the other hand, it's something you never like to see mm. as a league that, you know, I think for Ben, I, I think what, what people are suggesting is that this early in his contract, it's highly unusual um, to be holding out in the way he is. But again, both sides have rights um, as a result of holding out. He's some combination of not being paid and being fined on top of that. And so it's an unfortunate situation. And obviously that there's a reason why we have contracts in this league. If everybody um, just complied to, according to handshakes, you wouldn't need those documents. And so then when you have situations like this, people, of course, turn to the contract and expect players to honor it on their, from their standpoint, and players expect teams to honor contracts. And that's ultimate. And, and incidentally, just even watching um, your, your show earlier today and hearing from some of the players, it's not just about management or ownership versus the player. Players in this league, as you know, make moves based on where they think other players are going to be. And so there's a, there's a reliance issue for mm. everyone involved and, and, and an expectation. It doesn't mean that behind the scenes, players and management don't have discussions about potentially moving. And of course, 
teams have the ability to trade players, but that's part of what they sign up for when they get their guaranteed contracts. Commissioner, you, you mentioned contracts. So will you look to incorporate new player penalties to prevent situations like Simmons in the next collective bargaining agreement? Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You know, we, whenever we sit down for a new collective bargaining agreement, both sides are always looking for new provisions to increase competitive balance in this league and to ensure that we have rules that make sense. But I, I'd only say, you know, at the end of the day, everything can't necessarily be solved with collective bargaining language. I mean, for example, a player is always going to have the ability to withhold his services and then a team is going to have the ability to not pay that player and potentially sanction that player. That's what's happening here. It's not clear to me, at least from my perspective, what provision would have avoided this. I mean, again, if, if a player is determined not to want to play in a particular market and is willing to accept the consequences, meaning he doesn't get paid and he gets fined on top of that, I guess somebody could argue that if we ratchet up fines even more, that, that would force his hand but even then, as, as we saw, he then showed up in training camp. And I'm just responding to reports I saw today. But then he clearly didn't want to be there and wasn't willing to listen to his coach. So here we're back at it again. Mm. So it, it, there isn't always, I would say, a simple solution. I, it's, it's not as if we're sitting around in the league office and saying, if we only had this provision in the CBA, that would avoid a player holdout. This is unfortunately even part of the league since the beginning of time. And actually, just as I said earlier, to put it in context, it's gotten much better in terms of the number of situations we, we have, like what's happening with Ben right now, there's far fewer than they used than there used to be when I joined the league in the early 90s. One other thing, Commissioner, that is going to continue, unfortunately, to be talked about because it is still an issue in our world is COVID-19. And you said yesterday that you think it would be best for everyone if every player was vaccinated. However, that mandate was a non-starter in your original negotiations with the MBPA. What room is there to go back to the negotiating table with the Players Association there? I don't. My sense is there's not a lot of room to go back to the negotiating table. I mean, you could ask Michelle Roberts, the executive director of the Players Association, that. I think she would say particularly because when we began that negotiation, the players were somewhere in the low 80s in terms of percentage of players vaccinated. And now, even though we don't have a mandate, but there's separate protocols vaccinated players and unvaccinated players live under, we're at roughly 96% of our players are vaccinated, and that number even continues to tick up. Today, I saw there were a few additional players that became vaccinated. Something like two-thirds of our teams are fully vaccinated right now. But I understandably, there's enormous attention focused on the few players who've chosen not to get vaccinated, particularly Kyrie, because he's such a high-profile all-star player. I, you know, as I said, I wish that we had come to agreement and everybody was required to get vaccinated. But I also think there's confusion around the Kyrie situation. That's not an adversarial situation between the league and the union or or the league and the player. This is about a New York City rule that requires all people working or attending events in arenas to get vaccinated. So this is about an, a New York law that 
Kyrie um, is saying he's not willing to comply with. Mm. And the, the team has understandably said, well, you're either in or out. And I think my sense is that doesn't come just from management. As we said, just with just like with the prior issue, it's a team sport. Mm. Um, contracts, appearances affect everyone. And players are, even the best players in the league, need other great players to win with. And so I, I, I'm, I, I'm hopeful still that Kyrie, um, as he gets a chance to absorb everything that's happening, um, he may not change his opinion about the vaccine, but may realize that in the best interest of his teammates, of the league, I very much believe in the best interest of his health, of his health and his family's health and his community's health, he should get vaccinated. Mm. You also said yesterday, Commissioner, that the investigation into the possible tampering by the Chicago Bulls and their sign-and-trade deal with the New Orleans Pelicans for Lonzo Ball and the Miami Heat and their sign-and-trade deal for the Toronto Raptors star Kyle Lowry, you said that that was ongoing. How important is it, though, to curb that behavior? It's very important to curb that behavior because, again, all these issues seem related. That You need a... a you know, a state of a rule of law in this league where everyone understands what the rules are. If, if the rules don't work in operation, then we need to sit down with our teams and the players association and change them. But these are the rules at this time. In, in the case of your question, in terms of player contact, con contact and teams want to understand that if they abide by the rules, there will be a level playing field. And so it's in everyone's interest all of the teams, all of the players that we have a level playing field, just like the competition on the court behind me. You know, everybody wants to know that when they're rooting for their team or they're tuning into competition, that everything is decided fairly by the rules in the case of the game, on the floor, you know, in the case of player signings, fairly according to the, the collective bargaining agreement and everybody's complying with those rules. And that's the league office's job if there's a sense that there's something we need to look into or there's some aspect that's not being complied with, we investigate and look into it. And that's what's going on right now. Absolutely. So very quickly, Commissioner, before I let you go, and I really appreciate the time, I'm hoping you can actually take off your Commissioner's hat for just a second and help us celebrate the NBA's, there we go, the NBA's 75th anniversary. So who is your favorite player of all time? you watch it's such an unfair question <laughs> i know had to be a little unfair just pick one <laughs> I, I'll, I'll pick one i mean it, it's not a secret i grew up in new york and i grew up a new york knicks fan and that 1973 team in particular is sort of when i was becoming of age so it's i certainly remember that championship i remember going to games with my father i'd say a player that i was particularly fond of was earl monroe mm. and someone um, in fact that i'm still friendly with today and most recently, I hope you talk about this on your show at some point, that um, two weeks ago, um, a group of New Yorkers led by someone named Dan Cloris opened up the Earl Monroe New Renaissance School in Bronx, New York. I was there with Michelle Roberts, the oh. executive association. She's from the Bronx as well. And it's a school, believe it or not, focused on basketball, mm. but not necessarily about future players either NBA or WNBA, but focused on jobs like mine and yours as an opportunity for people who love the sport to find careers around it, whether it's being a broadcaster, whether it's working in marketing or sales at the league office, being a lawyer at the league office, being the commissioner one day. So I was there with Earl um, he's, and his wife, Malika. They're fantastic people. Um, and, I, you know, I, I just say I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled that you know, to be talking about Earl is one of my favorite players of all time. Absolutely. Earl Monroe, thank you so much for taking the time, Commissioner, and enjoy the ring ceremony tonight.
Thank you very much. We're going to have more NBA Today coming up right after this break. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Here's a look at the betting odds of the most improved player courtesy of Caesar Sportsbook. So, Perk, as our resident better, who's your choice for most improved? Well, he's not up there. I'm going with John Morant. I feel like he'll be a first-time All-Star this year. I, uh, who was I going to say? I don't know. Okay, then, Zach, who you got? Darius Garland. Darius Get ready Garland? for Darius Garland. Also not on the floor. Oh, that's who I was going to say. Jarius Jackson from Memphis. Uh, so he's going to beat John Morant. He's going to beat John Morant. No brain. Jackson. 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 Jackson, what did I say? Darius Jackson. Triple J. No, I Triple J. Jaren. <laughs> Him too, both of them. The, the, the new NBA countdown featuring Mike Greenberg, Stephen A., Will Bond, and Jalen Rose premieres tomorrow Ooh. night at 7 Eastern live look from at Madison them Square City. Garden. They look good. And that leads us into our first doubleheader of the season on ESPN. Boston comes to New York for the battle in MSG, followed by Nikola Jokic's Denver Nuggets facing off against Ooh. Phoenix with Chris Paul and Devin Booker. And I guess that Richard is going to be there too. I so enjoyed the conversation I had with mm -hmm. Commissioner Adam Silver talking about Earl Monroe and his wife Marita. I know Malika Marita it gets a little bit tongue-tied. Tomorrow on the show, most of these guys are coming back. Richard, he's got to leave us, but we are going to have Zach Levine from the Chicago Bulls joining us. Plus, we get to reveal 25 guys of the top 75 players that are coming mm, out. So sweet. that's going to be exciting oh, on awesome. the show. You think Perk's going to be on that list? I don't know. Do you think he'll have uh, he'll have lotion on his knuckles? <laughs> Those things. It looks like he's been doing this all day. Wow. Why are your knuckles so ashy, dog? I'm a man's man. <laughs>